brought to you by the Mutual Audio Network. Don't leave home without it. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. There is something about the life of a gumshoe that gives a person pause to reflect upon the great cosmic truths that bind us all. And I don't just mean the cynical but not at all inaccurate observation that people are desperate, money-grubbing scum whose only hope of clinging to virtue is an unfairly weighted risk versus reward balance when it comes to vice. That's part of it, of course, but too much reflection upon truths quite that great is the sort of thing that puts a girl detective in the nuthouse, the bottom of a bottle, or quite possibly both. No, my friends, I speak of slightly smaller truths, but no less universal for all that. Like the simple observation that most people tend to compartmentalize their lives, and that most personal calamity tends to involve the walls of those compartments coming down, even for a moment. Most of the knocking on the smoked glass of the gray-green door that bore the moniker Justice and Dixon Private Investigations followed just such an incursion. Loving wife from box A meets enthusiastic secretary from box B, that kind of thing. Of course, when the contents of more than one such a compartment are known to an outside individual, the calamity is no less great. But it often takes on a financial gleam, which in stuffy legal circles is known by the stuffy legal name of blackmail. That tends to bring a certain amount of tap-tap-tapping at our chamber door as well. I mention all of this because this particular story happens to involve not one, but two such mixing of carefully compartmentalized lives. One involved a Mr. Douglas Rose of 369 Bluebell Street East and the other involved a certain leggy gumshoe who shall remain yours truly. One instance was mundane if mortifying. The other was sordid and scarring. At the moment, I struggled to recall just which was which. Trixie? She's not in. Oh, it's you. It is indeed. Would this be less surprising to you if I were to put my name on the door? Oh, wait. There it is right there. Silly me. I can come back later. You could do that, Theo. But when you do, she might still be out, and worse yet, I might still be here. You'd be minus several perfectly good layers of shoe leather and have nothing at all to show for it. You want me to stay? To be clear, I don't entirely care. But I don't actively want you to leave, and we may term that progress. Sit down before you fall down. Where? King Buddy, any chance of you getting out of that chair for the nice man? I guess not. Why do you make camp at the girl detective's desk? Oh, uh, I'd better not. She wouldn't like it. I'm not suggesting you rifle through her drawers or try on her frilly underthings. Wow. Are junior detectives allowed to blush like that, even at Braithwaite's? I'll, I'll just stand, thanks. Suit yourself. What are you doing? Washing my socks. Washing your... The word you are searching for is socks. Socks? Yes. Yes. Where did you say Trixie was? She just ran out to pick up some woolite. I think she wants to throw in a few nylons. If you give me a nickel, I'll let you watch them dry. No, thank you. Fifty cents, you can wash them yourself. Maybe I should go. Oh, don't stammer. I'll be good. How are things down at old Braithwaite's, anyway? 
The gentleman detective is still trying to turn gumshoeing into the new chartered accountancy? It's fine, thanks. I'm not really supposed to talk about it with... With what? With the competition? Did the words stick in your throat while talking to a man doing his impression of a Chinese laundry? Something like that. Something like that. You know, I used to do an actual impression of a Chinese laundry, but I had to give it up. The network got too many complaints. You're in kind of a strange mood today, if you don't mind my saying. I don't mind at all. And I'll tell you why I don't mind, son. Because our old friend button-down Theo has come a-courting. And that's usually good for a twist or two of a certain tale. And not unlike mean little kids who pull wings off of flies, I get a bit of a kick out of that. Makes me smile. I never said I'd come a-courting. You didn't have to, my boy. Look at you. Not a hair out of place. Necktie you could run up the flagpole and salute. Whatever pretense you've wandered into this office under, you might as well be carrying flowers and a heart-shaped box of candy. Do you really think so? Couldn't say it if it weren't so. At least I'm not doing my laundry in the office. Maybe you should. You'd still be getting nowhere, but you'd have clean feet. You know, maybe you're right. What? Well, I couldn't say I've exactly been making a lot of progress with your partner. That's putting it kindly. So she doesn't like manners, an industry, and a certain amount of success. She does not. However, she is a sucker for fancy types, but she can't get past her loathing of them for very long, so I wouldn't try that. Right. And she thinks she likes them big and dumb, but they bore her awful fast. Right. So what does that leave? Winston Churchill? You. Me? Theo, she can barely stand me. Yes, but she respects you. Get out of here. Well, what's not to respect? Could you hand me that scrub pad? I'm up to my elbows and suds. So if I could be more like you, but less... You know, like you. Theo. Yes? I believe I understand what you are proposing, and I will aid you in this endeavor as best I can. You will? Yes. But only because I think it is a uniquely stupid idea, and I am not a very nice person. So Rinso was on sale. I figured the blue might be toxic, but then I remembered it was just you. Oh. Hello, Theo. Hey, yourself. What? Theo pushed the door in about five minutes ago. I keep trying to find out what he wants, but I can't get past his hard-boiled banter. Beyond his what now? Oh. Oh. Don't look at me. I just came in to complain about how much starch this laundromat keeps putting in my collars. Theo? No fooling. Why do you think I keep my tie this tight? My shirt would roll up like a blind and snap my head off at the neck if I didn't. Okay. What can we do for you? Got a job on the boards that my masters aren't crazy about. It requires a certain absence of professional ethics, and I immediately thought of you two. Nice. Drink, Theo? Oh, no, I... Theo, drink? That is, if you have anything you didn't brew yourself behind the radiator. Tricks, could you? My hands are a little dishpan just now. Theo, it's the middle of the day. Thanks, Trixie. There's actually a clock on the wall behind you. Right. One anything but moonshine coming up. Better make it two. The tie. Loosen the tie. What? Oh, right. Did you say something? No, just... Just a yawn. Kind of a late night. Choir practice run long? Is that what the kids are calling it now? Theo? As fascinating as the ribald tales of young Master West's nightlife must be... I wonder if we could get to the matter at hand, if only because I begin to suspect it might involve a fee. When did you get interested in work? Just trying to be a responsible businessman. Uh-huh. Here's your whiskey. Delighted. Theo? Thanks. 
<coughs> Smooth enough for you? Exactly what am I drinking? Bearing in mind that if it's cleaning solvents or lighter fluid, I don't really want to know. You don't really want to know. Swell. At least I know you two need the job. Hey, now. It's a step up from the fine domestic battery acid we normally serve. I'll be sure to mention that to my liver. Do you want the job or not? Maybe we'd like to hear what it is first. To see if it's worth interrupting your laundry? Just make with a skinny, wise guy. Sure thing. How am I doing? Not the worst I've heard. Close, but not the worst. Is there a problem over there? Just looking for a clean place to park. And? I think I might just idle for a while. Real nice. So you've got some dirty laundry of your own, do you? Something like that. You social butterflies get out to Bluebell Street much? Bluebell Street? That's a lot of money. I thought this job was strictly down market. Just because Braithwaite's doesn't want anything to do with it doesn't mean there's no money to be had. How much are we talking about? Don't get excited. You two are strictly subcontractors. You fall under the category of expenses. Mm-hmm. On whose ledger sheet? Douglas Rose, 369 Bluebell Street East. Why do I know that name? Apparently you get past the sports pages once in a while. He's a city planner, which is a fancy way of saying he's an architect with political connections up the wazoo. The wazoo? Word is, he's something of a darling in the mayor's office, which means Mr. Braithwaite isn't crazy about telling him to take a hike, just in case. Can we take about nine steps back? What's Rose done to deserve the old heave-ho? Couldn't say. All I know for sure is that he's being milked for hush money. Lots of it. He's been paying through the nose for almost a year. Now, he wants to settle the account once and for all, and he wants someone to handle the transaction for him. So it's a payoff. A big one. And that's the problem. What is? Apparently, Rose negotiated an end to the arrangement. $50,000, all in cash. In exchange for which he gets what? Couldn't say. Couldn't say because don't know, or couldn't say because don't want to know? C. All of the above. I don't know what he was paying to hide, and I don't know who he was paying it to. He wouldn't get real specific, which is why the boss didn't want anything to do with it. But Rose is too well-connected to be told to get lost. In a nutshell. So he was told that Braithwaite's would be pleased to find him an operative, or operatives, to handle the transaction for him. For a modest consulting fee, of course. Of course. Theo, this smells. It does, doesn't it? Your boss know more than he's telling? I don't think he does. And I think that's what's making him nervous. You're awful generous. Aren't I just a prince? You really think we want anything to do with this? You're sending us blind into a situation we know nothing about. Aren't you the ones that said blackmailers are craven little scum? They're also unpredictable. Only if you try and get cute, which you're not being paid to do. Rose wants a bag delivered and an envelope brought back to him. The whole thing takes a few hours, and you two make a fast 50. 50? Yeah. A guy can pad an expense account an awful lot in a few hours. This one's a flat rate. Well... You certainly are hard-nosed, isn't he, Trix? What? You drive a hard bargain, Theo. Hey, just a cotton-picking minute here. Come on, Trix. We've handled jobs like this before. Never flying blind. You want to talk to Rose? I have to swing by to pick up the bag. You two can come with. Why are you picking up the bag? Because no one involved is real comfortable with the thought of handing you $50,000. No offense. None taken. But doesn't the gentleman detective balk at having one of his boys on board this leaky boat? Officially? I'm not even there. What do you say? I say let's go for a relaxing drive down old Bluebell Street. 
You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. The name's West. Theodore West. I'm a private eye. A Seamus. A gumshoe. A private dick. A peeper. Uh, a hard-boiled agent of uh, law and order on my own gritty terms. I All right, cut it out. But uh, Fun's fun, but we only got half an hour. Go sit over there. Bluebell Street wasn't the kind of name that contributed much in the way of foreboding to the Enterprise, and this I took to be an excellent sign. My hopes were borne out by the sight of the address in question, a spacious, modern home on a respectable amount of land surrounded entirely by spacious, modern homes just exactly like it. The trees out front couldn't have been planted less than ten years ago, and not more than fifteen, suggesting a moderate amount of security that came with being nouveau, but not too nouveau riche. There was often more actual money in this kind of upscale digs than in many of the fine, old, crumbly, hard-to-heat mansions that ringed the hills just beyond the city's reach. But there were generally fewer secrets, fewer ancient grudges, fewer skeletons in the spacious walk-in closets. The fact that we were there to pick up a $50,000 payoff was a gentle reminder that this was not always the case, but from the look of 369 Bluebell Street East... I found it hard to believe that the loss of this amount would cause Mr. Douglas Rose much grief. I had no particular wish to overplay my part in support of Theo's Jack Justice impression, mostly because I had no wish to be associated with this screwy theory in any way when it all went horribly awry. I gave him every opportunity and bit my tongue all the way out to the house to give him leave to flash his hard-boiled bon mots as best he could. But the poor boy was courteously deferential to a fault, and it didn't help his case that much. He rode the last few minutes in silence, and it was almost a relief when a tall man with thinning hair opened the door. His face wore an expression like someone just put a dead fish under his nose. I couldn't tell if that was just the way his face happened to sit, or if the presence of two and a half detectives on his stoop had something to do with it. Yes? You, Rose? I am Mr. Rose. Yes, you are the man from the agency. That's right. Though I'm just the bagman on this, your official help is right here. I wasn't aware that they were to come here. Change of plans. May we come in? I don't see the need. I was thinking of your neighbor, sir, but if you'd like to hand over a bag to three strangers in trench coats on your lovely porch... All right. All right. Come in. I still don't see why... It is possible to find operatives that won't ask questions and don't care who they work for, Mr. Rose, but I don't think you want them on the case. This is Trixie Dixon. That's Jack Justice. Fine. The bag is here. Now, if you'll excuse me... Not so fast, sir. You'll want a receipt, of course. A receipt? Why, that is... Yes, of course. Well, since Braithwaite's is not officially involved, we would have to sign that. And I can't sign any such thing without making a thorough examination of the contents of the bag. This is ridiculous. I assure you, sir, this is standard procedure, and we do this all the... Oh, Mama, I'm home. What was that? Nothing. Nothing at all. My, what a lovely briefcase. Mr. Rose, do you mind if I ask you one or two things while my partner salivates? As a matter of fact, I do. Forgive me, sir. That was my fault for phrasing it as a question. I went over this with the people from Braithwaite's. It is my understanding, sir, that you went around and around this with the people at Braithwaite's. Enough so that they didn't want anything to do with it and only came to us on your behalf because of your political connections. Not to put too fine a point on it. 
Well? Well, the problem with taking a step or two down the social ladder is that we don't much care about little things like that. We like to know who we're working for and why. I see. Well, Miss Dixon, was it? Trixie, please. Trixie, then. Can you explain to me how it helps my efforts to leave my past in the past by taking a small army into my confidence? It was my understanding, Mr. Rose, that the $50,000 was going to do the talking for you. That's right. I'm paying the man you are meeting, and I'm paying Braithwaite's. I don't mind paying up front, but I object to being nickeled and dimed to death. You can't possibly decide to bleed me later if you don't know... my indiscretion. That's not the way we work. How much is Braithwaite's paying you? That's not the point. It is to me. I'm paying them five hundred. What are they paying you? Sir, it isn't our... Five hundred? So? You cut us in at ten percent? A fellow's entitled to make a buck, isn't he? You louse. Beggars can't be choosers. When exactly did I beg? You did it with your eyes. Okay, now that wasn't bad. What did you say? Just counting. Just counting. If it will end the debate and get all of you out of my house forever, I will pay you an additional five hundred to complete this transaction. Dollars? Jack. A thousand in cash. Jack, be a dear and sign Mr. Rose's receipt, would ya? All right, so I didn't like Douglas Rose. Wouldn't be the first time we did a good turn for someone I'd have just as soon throttled with my bare hands. In fact, that put him pretty solidly in the majority where our usual clientele was concerned. But this was looking like a nice, simple job with an even nicer payoff at the end of the day. And there was only one problem with that. It was much, much too good to be true. The exchange was set for 10 o'clock at an address in the east end of town, out by the old steel plants. That gave us a little time. We stopped at Jimmy Fong's for some takeout noodles and made our way back to the office with Theo and his portmanteau of riches in tow. Jack was strangely quiet. Maybe it was the money. Maybe it was the egg roll. But he seemed to have nothing much to say about any of this. Theo, on the other hand, wouldn't shut up. And he was really starting to get under my skin. I couldn't tell if he got a new aftershave or if he just started drinking the old stuff, but there was something different and not quite right about that boy. Thus it was that at five to ten, with Tweedledee and Tweedledum in tow, I knocked on a door of a house that wasn't abandoned, but ought to have been. Certainly most of the rest of the neighborhood was, and a fine sooty mist seemed to be all around us. We knocked again. For a time there was no reply, though we could hear the floor squeaking within. This seem wrong to anybody? This seems wrong to everybody. I think I hate this. Why don't they answer? Peaches, that is the least of our concerns. How many guns are you carrying? Just three. You? Only one. But I have lots and lots of bullets. I think you might need them. Is he that bad a shot? Har har. You want to pass a piece over to young Master West? Why? Because I'm hoping you'll know what to do with it when the time comes. Aren't you two being a little paranoid? Here, nice little thirty-two. It's even loaded. Thanks. Try not to flash it around. You'll make our hosts nervous. Yeah? We're here to meet a guy about a thing. What? Sorry, tall, dark, and nasty. If there was a password, nobody thought to tell us. What is this, a convention? What were you expecting? Maybe I wasn't expecting anything. Fine. We'll just take our big bag of money back to the car. Wait. Come on in. That did the trick. Nice place you got here. Very Spartan. And then some. Why, did you think I'd handle this out of my home? I'll hand it to you. Most blackmailers like to put on airs. Most what? Fifty grand. Most fellas would have had a suite at the Randolph. You brought the money? Certainly. Theodore? Here we are. Did you want to count it? 
I just might do that. Listen, pal, I gotta know. What could a guy like Rose have done to deserve this much hush money? What? It'd have to be pretty bad, wouldn't it? He wouldn't tell us a thing. You want to be quiet? You're throwing me off here. Sorry, I was just curious. 22, 23... I see what you think. You think I'm testing you to see if you'll blab. Very clever. 34, 35... I really was just wondering. One, two... Sorry. There is an obvious possibility, but you don't really seem like the type. Is that what I think it is? Depends what you think it is. Couldn't find a setter, Precious? Must be coming from next door. Half the neighborhood is boarded up. Is that right? Have you given up on counting that? I guess I have. You can go now. That's it? That's all. That's odd. That's not coming from next door. Do you think you could pay just a little more attention to what's actually happening here? Because as far as I can tell, you aren't paying any. All right. Good night, Larry. Good night, Curly. Good night, Moe. Larry? I'm Larry now? Take your routine on the road, would you? Good luck with that. What assurance does Mr. Rose have that this matter is closed? What? Larry? Pipe down. Easy for you to say. You're Mo. I'll rephrase the question. Would you please describe Douglas Rose? Who's Douglas Rose? The nice man who sent you the bag full of money. Describe him, please. Don't wind me up, kid. You aren't a blackmailer at all, are you? I tried to be nice. No, thank you, Larry. No sudden movements. Take the piece out, nice and slow. Put it on the floor. What about you, precious? You carrying? You think a lady carries a gun? No, but I think you do. So keep very still, or you'll be parting your hair in the middle of your forehead. All right, Theo. What happened to the nice, simple job? Tell you what I think. Is that a trick question? This is why Rose tap-danced around the details. He's not being blackmailed at all. What? Keep talking, smart guy. When Rose says he's burying his past indiscretions, that's exactly what he means. That's what you hear crying in the other room. What? And since it doesn't do much good to hire a killer to take care of a baby if the mother's still walking around, my guess is you've got her back there, too, and probably a partner to keep her quiet. You talk real good, tough guy. Think you can talk faster than a bullet? I don't have to. I just have to distract you. What? Look out, Theo! Incoming, ten o'clock! I didn't have time to grab for my forty-five on the floor as the door to the back bedroom burst open and a second thug came racing out in response to Trixie's gunshot. Trixie was off-balanced and still focused on miscongeniality as he fell. For a second, I thought we were done. But then four quick shots from a thirty-two hit the would-be Avenger center mass and dropped him like a sack of wet cement. Turns out Theo knew what to do with it when the time came after all. The crying baby got louder and a woman peeped around the corner, unhurt. We looked down at the spent forms of two killers desperate enough to take on a contract job like this. We didn't know who they were. Maybe we would never know. Theo didn't say a word. He handed Trixie back her pistol and made his way out the door. I watched him walk away alone as I headed out to find a payphone and ruin Sabian's evening. If he didn't pull an invisible man routine, Braithwaite's would be caught up in this after all. Maybe they would be anyway after the cops were done with Rose. But that wasn't what made Theo hoof it down the street, looking for a cab in a neighborhood that hadn't seen one in a year. My guess is that he had discovered one of the great universal truths of the hard-boiled detective game. You're often right. It always feels wrong. And at the finish, your gut is in so many nuts. You never seem to get the girl. He'd done better than I expected. But my guess was the next time we saw him, he'd be buttoned down Theo once again. And maybe, just maybe, that wasn't such a bad thing after all.
Blackjack Justice, episode 35, Hush Money, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons with additional voices supplied by Kevin Robinson, Peter Nichol, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. stretch of beach on the Gulf Coast. Washed up on this and so many other beaches every year are tons and tons of seaweed. For centuries, nobody knew what to do with it all. But then, smart scientists like me and me decided to make this renewable resource into a high-octane motor fuel. And that's how Oshaline was born. When you pull in at the pump at your local Oshaline station, you'll always find three high-quality choices for your motoring needs. Regular Oshaline, the long-time favorite with everyday motorists. Oshaline with Kelpinate, the miracle additive to give you more miles per dollar. And high-octane Sargasso with both Kelpinate and Celadine for a cleaner engine and better efficiency. Ask your Oshaline dealer for advice on which of the three is better for your car. When you stop at Oshaline, you go with conviction, proudly manufactured by the Full Patrol Corporation. <laughs>